a unique um, edition of Give Me One Reason in that I have one, two, three, four, five, oh, about 20 wonderful students that I've had, and I'm gonna ask them questions. Um, um, everybody will be nameless, you might appreciate that. Um, it'll be anonymous, and um, I just thought, rarely do I get an opportunity to ask a bunch of people at once that are Gen Z or Gen M. Come on in and join our party, Ross. Oh, Ross is no longer anonymous. Russell Simmons. <laughs> it's Russell Simmons. Yes. So, um, this podcast, if some of you don't know, is about, it's called Give Me One Reason, Conversations of Faith and Doubt with Millennials. Y'all, I get confused about what's a millennial, what's Gen Z, so I don't care. You're younger than me, okay? So I want to know what some of your thoughts are on faith and doubt. And I guess one of my first questions is, what do you think some of the differences are between my generation, say, like your parents, and you when it comes to religion or spirituality or faith? Does anybody have a thought on that? What are some differences? Yes. I mean, it's kind of generalized, but I would say our age with like all <clears throat> technology and stuff, we ask a lot more questions rather than just accepting it because we were told it. Um, we kind of look a lot more further into it rather than just accept that this is what my parents told me, this is it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard it said um, religion, the internet is where religion lives to die? And I hope that's not true, but to me, what you just said. See, when I was a kid and the preacher said something and mom or dad said something, I, I believe the earth was 6,000 years old until I was 42 and went to geology class. Mm-hmm. And then I thought that God was like a heretic because he told me these rocks were thousands and millions of years old. Now I get it, but I never would have thought to question that. But you guys, you're right. In your pocket, you have pretty much the real answer to almost any quantifiable question, right? I think what also adds to that is that we're exposed to a lot more different religions, so that also makes us question if there's so many, how can you say you're like yours is correct? Yeah. So that kind of makes you kind of think from like other perspectives a lot more too. Do you think that's bad or good? I think it's good because then instead of just saying this is my belief because this is all I know, you're kind of saying, well, maybe it might not be right, but I still believe it. Uh-huh. So you're a lot more open to opposing viewpoints. Yeah. I got you. Okay. I hope it doesn't feel like... So, I, I have kind of going off of what you said, you know, I have a lot of friends that grew up in a certain religion, but their own belief, they're not for it at all, and they really irritate their parents in that sense. And, like, I have friends that are born Catholic Christian, or they're, they're raised Catholic Christian, but they're atheist, or... And, uh, like, they just tell me a lot of stories of how their parents gave them a bunch of crap for it. Like, why, you know, I raised you this way, but, you know, you were influenced by whoever or you have your own opinions, and it's just, they said it's a hard time for them. So I just think that's interesting, but, like. It is interesting. And from a parent's perspective, can you imagine? Right. You do, like, your best to, like, Mm -hmm. raise your child in this faith that feels it's so important, and then your child goes, I don't even think there's a God. Yeah. And you're like devastated. Well, the parents are heartbroken. Yeah, they get, I mean, they're they're yeah. devastated because yeah. they, they raised their kids in that way. And yeah. Yeah. It's Erica and then Ross. 
Uh, I think it's easier for people like of my generation to be less religious than our parents because we're exposed to such more or such many more religions and like with the rise of the internet like we're just way more encouraged to be more individualistic and so like we tend to like try to think for ourselves and things like that so we don't want to just like listen to what older people have to say to us and like just take it at face value we want to like understand it more and like just know why things are the way they are and truly Erica I think that wouldn't that be your right as an adult right and and I've always felt like it's your own even from a believer's perspective it's your spiritual (coughs) birthright to have your own encounter with God if he's real because it's one thing when someone else says hey there's this cool guy that I know but when you know that guy that's a whole different story or a woman but it's rough So I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but growing up, I felt like as a kid, church was more of like based upon your views. And as a kid, it's kind of hard to like focus in on that because you have a million other kids going to, uh, what do they call it? Sunday school. And then you're, yeah, exactly. And you go into this room and they're playing music and stuff and then they get you all amped up and then they sit you down and tell you a Bible verse. And it's just like... As a kid, you don't really process this as like, I don't know, you can't really, I don't know, see the bigger picture as a kid. Because in Sunday school, we had church Sunday school, and then later on, we had Boys and Girls Club or Awana or whatever in Fulton Church, small farming community church. And we'd come back, we'd play all these sports, we'd play football, um, dodgeball, and we had this big yard to do it all in, get all your energy out, and then we would sit down and recite Bible verses. So I felt like that was more solidifying to regenerate a focus in the kids instead of having them go in between church, you know, mm-hmm. church, you know, sessions mm-hmm. to Sunday school in the morning. Because mm-hmm. after breakfast, you know, I, I'll admit I skipped Sunday school and played dodgeball in the bottom of our gym at church. <laughs> you know, and my parents thought I was at Sunday school. Uh-oh, you're going to be outed for Austin. No. Yeah. <laughs> my parents knew it, but yeah. it was just one of those things that, yeah. you know, as kids, you have other influences around you as kids. Yeah. And those other kids uh, you look up to, I guess you could say, like the yeah. older kids. So. Awesome. Yeah. And going off of that, like, as a kid, I was – forced to go to Sunday school because my mom was a Sunday school teacher and so I think part of the reason why like I'm not like very religious or not really even a believer is because like I was forced to do it as a kid so it like lost the appeal and it just felt like kind of like a chore um, every Sunday for my family to like pack up and go to church because mm-hmm. like we had quite a bit of a drive because we live in like a rural community and it just felt like I, it was taking away from my time to be a kid and um, it was just hard to get like involved as I got older. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think that if you were born in China or Saudi Arabia that you'd still be a Christian? Mm. Probably not. And how does that like, no. kind of affect your viewpoint on that? Uh, <coughs> I do struggle with that. I sometimes, um, I have to admit that part of the reason Jesus feels so real to me 
and feels so as if that's what you're, because I've heard it my whole entire life. So that being said, if I was to have grown up in an Islamic country and heard Muhammad was the prophet and there's only one God and he's only one God, he's just a prophet, <coughs> I'm sure I would probably believe that with all my heart. Um, so it's hard for me to discern whether, and I'm being really honest, and I probably get flack for this, um, it's hard for me to discern whether it's Jesus is God because it's absolutely the truth or it's because what I've always believed and I don't see a reason to believe differently. Um, I, aside from that, I kind of feel like if God is real, I don't think he's real hung up on what his name is because he's bigger than us. <coughs> you know, like somebody brought up this great thing. To some people, I'm an awesome grandma, hopefully to my granddaughter. They know me as grandma. They don't call me by my name. To other people, I'm Professor Taylor, which sounds more fancy. They don't necessarily call me Kathy, even though I don't care. Some people know me as Kathy Joe. Some people call me as Kat. Um, I wonder if God's like that in a little bit. You know, in his different roles as people, and the way he's been identified by people, by how they understand him. I mean, if I believe Jesus existed. I think there's historical evidence for that. And that was only 2,000 years ago. Didn't God reveal himself to people before Jesus, if he's real? So, yeah, I think about all those things. John? Did you hear that Ariana Grande song, God's a Woman, or something like that? No, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I think God could be a woman. Yeah. As a woman? I think that'd be cool. Because the universe is too pretty. That's what Albert Einstein said. You know, oh. it's too pretty to be uh, created by a man. Huh. One. I do agree with that. And we had a pastor growing up, actually, who um, kind of posed the question, um, which was like a really big deal and a lot of people didn't like it, um, that like, why do we assume God is a man? Mm -hmm. um, because then he was like reading descriptions of God from the Bible, and it's like, he very well could be a woman, the long hair, the very blushy skin, you know, like the whatever else that they described him as. And I just thought it was like super interesting and like a lot of people were very like shocked that he would ever like think that um, or like say that like in a church. Um, but I think it was cool that like he kind of like broke that norm to like get us thinking. That's good. Yeah, I thought it was pretty pretty and neat. I, I know it's, if you go back to Genesis, it said in the beginning God created man, but he made them in his own image. So God created male and female, and it took both, if that's you know, true, I believe that, whatever you believe, but <coughs> that means it took male and female to, to show his image. And then if you look at descriptions for the Holy Spirit in the scriptures, they're all comforter, nurturing, like a hen with her chicks. There actually is more female influences. And um, so I think there's definitely male and female. Yeah. Is there anybody that has had a strong belief as a child or was raised, and you've chosen to keep it, it makes sense to you, and you believe it with all your heart. <coughs> I would love to hear from you. Okay, Lindsay, and then Ross, then Mike. What would you like to know? <laughs> I'd just like to know, why, why have you chosen to keep the faith of your childhood? Mm, that's a tough, loaded question. <laughs> um, can somebody else go first? Sure. I think about it. Michael. <coughs> well, for me, it was more of like, 
uh, as part of our culture. So it's, um, it was just something that was there, I guess. And just um, like growing up really, um, kind of like you said, uh, or I don't know if you kind of said it, but like I had the belief already, but more so things had happened to me where I, didn't, I thought that it, was, it couldn't be more than, you know, God, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. things like that, I guess. So you had your own experience of validated <laughs> the things you'd learned as a child. Yeah. Are you talking about like faith in general? Yeah. Okay. Have you chosen to keep the faith of your childhood and why? Well, I mean, yes, because growing up, uh, my grandma was our anchor for our, my dad's side of the family. And that's who we went to church with. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday, if we didn't want to go, my dad would go, well, then you don't get to see grandma. And then it's like, well, I got to go because grandma's everything to us. So. <laughs> That's why we went to church, and that's why we kept, like, that image of respecting our elders and our family very, very passionate to us. And I wonder if that was, let's say Grandma passes someday. I hope she doesn't. She did. I wonder if it makes you think, I want to go to heaven because I want to see Grandma. Just like I wanted to go to church because I wanted to see Grandma. Right. Does that make sense, kind of? Yeah. Lindsay's got it. All right. She's ready. Um, I was raised Christian, and, like, my parents still went to church, but once I was in high school, like, they stopped going, and so I started going alone a lot, or, like, with friends, and I still do, like, they still don't really go to church that much, but, um, I feel like I kept it, like, the faith, just because, like, so many, like, different events happened, or, like, in those times, like, all I had was God, and, like, so many things just, like, make more sense, like, I don't know, like, Sometimes all you have is, like, your faith, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm a really big, like, I don't know, I love the outdoors. Like, I think it's so fascinating, like, national parks and everything. And, like, I see that. And it's, like, to me, that's just, like, God's, like, handiwork. Like, it's yeah. so, fa- like, so beautiful. And, yeah. oh, yeah, whenever I have doubts. And I feel like I've doubted it a lot. Not doubt, but, like, question it. Kind of, like, reaffirm my own beliefs. And I always fall back to that, like, such, like, a beautiful <coughs> world and, like, beautiful creation. Like, how else could this be here if it was just science? Well, like, science, I think science and religion also fit so perfectly together, too. Like, a lot of people usually rebuke religion mm-hmm. with science, when in reality, like, I think each scientific discovery could just be another, like, mm-hmm. like celebration of God, almost. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of works hand in hand to me, but. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. This girl hasn't gotten to talk. She had her hand up. Oh, yeah. Cassidy. Yeah. Um, so, I kind of agree with you. Um, I mean, I had faith in high school and I was raised Christian and um, in college it was kind of like that moment where I was like okay I have a decision I can either um, stray away from the faith or like grow closer and it's kind of like what you were saying about how there were experiences that I had that it was the only thing that I can cling on to and I think I believe that here on earth you know there's so many things that can come and go in an instant and um my faith is the one rock that i had that i could actually like hold on to and like (coughs) be confident that god would come through for me so that was the one thing that like growing up and making my faith my own and not just my parents or like i have to go because i'm at home like it's the one thing that I could be like, okay, this is all I have right now, so I'm going to follow through with it and go to church and grow closer to God. So. Beautiful. Yep. All right, so 
what made me solidify almost like this belief is that um, when I was younger and my grandma passed away, it was kind of a hard instance for us because we had to sell the farm. We had to, we had to go through a lot of changes as a family. And I didn't get any really closure of why she died and how she died. It was just all of a sudden we got that phone call and it's like, Grandma just died. And it's just like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? And so like a year passed and my girlfriend went to, I, don't, I, it, I think it's still a load of bullshit to be honest, but it's still kind of hard to swallow and kind of hard to interpret, but she went to a psychic find some closure like she had this it was like her best friend had the psychic come over for her birthday or whatever mm-hmm. and I was like you know what let's see if this actually is real so I wrote down a bunch of questions that no one would know the answer to but me and my grandma and I said why don't you ask the psychic this and I, I remember when I was 8 years old my grandma lost her wedding ring underneath the bird bath and we dug and dug for hours she was planting roses, and we couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And I was like, ask her, the psychic what she lost and offered us $100, me and my brother, if we ever found it. And the psychic took one second, and she said it was her wedding ring. Wow. It was like, how else could you, how do you, process how do you know that, and yeah. how do you process that? You know, and then my best friend just died of a heroin overdose. And so um, I was sleeping one night after his celebration of life, and I couldn't kind of process it. And all of a sudden, I started dreaming of him, and he said, it'll be all right, bub. And that's... That was Bubba? Mm-hmm. Bubba. That's my nickname. So, uh, yeah. It'll be all right, bub. Right my wrongs, he said. Yeah. Who would say that? I don't know if it's still a load of bullshit, but. But it's something bigger than us that we can mm-hmm. see, feel, hear, or touch. I figured it would be an experience yeah. to share. That's beautiful, thank you. Juan? Um, so like, I grew up Catholic, like very Catholic, and uh, I had an experience similar to Ross's girlfriend with the psychic. Um, so right after I graduated high school, my best friend passed away. And um, and at that time, I really found myself questioning my religion because it was like, why would you do this? Like, he was like 18 years old, like full of life and all this talent and stuff. And you kind of start thinking like, why God? Like, why him out of all people, you know? Um, and then come, I think it was like spring break of my freshman year of college. So just under a year before he passed, year after he passed, um, the lady who's been cutting my hair since I was um, a baby um, decided to have this medium at her house, and she invited my mom and I to get red, and um, I thought it was weird because, like, growing up Catholic, you were told you can't believe in those things, like, that's the devil, that's evil, you know, And, and then you see it on TV, like, Long Island Medium and stuff, and you're like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit, you know? And uh, so we're at my at the lady who cuts my hair's house, and finally comes my turn, and I wear um, I wear these bracelets um, that were given to us at his funeral, and I wear them all the time. Um, and I made sure that I wore something that could hide them, 
to not give away like a name or a date or something important, you know? Um, and uh, I get in there and right away she, she asked me, why are there two people playing basketball? And, and my biological fat father passed away before I was born and his favorite sport was basketball and so was my best friend's. And she said it's an older uh, Hispanic gentleman and a younger uh, African American gentleman. And, uh, and then she described my best friend's tattoo on his chest like in like full detail um and then she started talking to me about it and i was in like i was in tears like it was it was really weird it was just like you didn't think that it was real and you don't think it's real till you experience it and like i remember she so i remember our last conversation because it was that morning before he passed away um like word for word still and like she recited it back to me and it's like nobody would know that like and I think when I finally had this conversation with her, um, I kind of got the closure I needed to, this is gonna sound funny, but like almost in a sense, forgive God for like putting me and my friends and his family and like everyone who loved him through it. Um, because like, like Ross had said, like he had gotten the closure through the dream or something. And like my friend had told me like, you'll be fine, like, I'm okay, like, keep living, like, don't, don't stop yourself now, like, stuff like that, um, and I don't know, I just thought that, like, when I found myself then revisiting my religion after leaving it for a year and a half or so for being so upset, um, I kind of felt stingy, um, and now that I look back at it, it's kind of just like, uh, like a trial or tribulation that I was put through, and I went through it my way and now that I'm back, like it's, you know, I, I don't know, it's weird to, it's hard to describe. Um, but I figured I'd share the whole medium story because a lot of people don't believe in those things and, yeah. and I was one of them. And now it's like, I would say if you have the opportunity to do it. the whole heaven and hell thing mm -hmm. really makes me question it because uh, like what if there wasn't a heaven or hell like because all the like some of the other <laughs> more ancient religions they say like our energy just gets recycled you know mm -hmm. I had a friend call me the other day and said that he believes in soul families that we're a soul that doesn't die he goes do you believe your soul doesn't die and I'm like yeah I do believe that right <coughs> and he said well then wouldn't it make sense that it was always here and I never thought of that because I thought, no, I'm born into this body at this certain time. That's when my soul came. But if my soul doesn't have an expiration date, maybe my soul didn't have a beginning date. So, and that brings in the whole reincarnation and stuff. And it's just interesting, though. But he said when you meet somebody and your soul connects, it's because there's a familiarness there that maybe you journeyed some other time together or something. Because have you ever met somebody that, like, instantly you felt like you knew them? And yeah. It was just bizarre, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you think about deja vu? I, I was thinking maybe that explains deja vu. Because, okay, when you talk about doubts, I've, I remember as this little seven-year-old girl, I was all like 48 years ago, <laughs> I went to hear a missionary. I was raised real evangelical. 
And he was talking about the pygmies in Africa, that if they don't meet Jesus, you know, they go to hell. And I remember at seven years old, asking Jesus in my heart, I'll accept, so I didn't go to hell, right? And um, then I go every summer if an evangelist, I go up forward just in case I, like, I hit my brother with a towel or done something wrong. And just, but I was like, what about those poor little pygmies? You know, like, it always bothered me. Like, this, why? What about... What about people in other countries? And I don't know why he said pygmies, but he said pygmies, and it stuck with me at seven. And my whole life, that part never made sense to me. Then it became gay people. Then it became people of other faiths, uh, Muslims. Or, and then I began to think, none of that makes sense. And I think it's Walt Whitman that says, insult that which doesn't feel good to your soul. Have you ever heard somebody say something, and you're like, no, not true, eh. So when I got older, I decided, no, there's got to be a better way to think about this. And for about 20 years, as a believer, as a pastor, I haven't believed in hell. I believe that if Jesus said he came to forgive the sins of the world, he did it. If anybody goes to hell, in my opinion, okay, it would be a failure. He would have failed. Because the relationship, the reason we go to heaven wasn't because of you and me being good, right? It was because of him dying. That's the way I was always taught. So to me, it doesn't even make sense. And if God tells you, Michael, forgive your enemies, bless those who persecute you, but I'm going to go for a mine in eternity forever. And then my husband always says, you know, how long? Let's say the guy that did the worst thing to you, to your family, or hurt your mother or your child, and you have a chance to torture him, and he's dipped in fire. How long are you going to let him scream? How long? Think he really could do that? He hurt my mom. <laughs> he hurt my mom. Maybe, okay? But okay, but I think oh you love your mama, okay? But what I'm saying is that I think a lot of people go, I couldn't do it forever. Wait till what if he's going, I'm sorry, Michael, I didn't know it was your mom. I'm sorry, dude. No, none of that flies. Okay, Michael's still letting that suit sucker fry for eternity. <laughs> I got to be your instructor. Will you cover my back like always? <laughs> you got me? Okay. I'm going to be on speed dial. I got some haters, dude. Okay. Um, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so that didn't make sense to me. So now that I kind of personally let go of that, I don't have a lot of things that keep me awake at night and make me wonder. Um, I know bad things happen I don't understand. You know? What are some things that bother you guys that keep you awake at night? What about even your own failures? Yeah, it's like, ugh. I heard somebody I loved last year, I didn't do it on purpose, and uh, somebody in my family close, I said a stupid thing in front of other people and it was a secret and I wasn't supposed to and I didn't do it to let out the secret, but you know me, you guys already know me. And I really hurt this person. Oh my gosh, I had this awful feeling for like several months and I thought, man, it's been so long since I screwed up that bad where I carried it. And I had to eventually just let it go and trust that love will win. You know, she'll know I love her and it'll all be okay. But it's awful to like carry your own failures and move forward, right? Remember I told you about a book I read, uh, Boy Erased? Okay, I went and saw the movie this weekend. Boy Erased. And I had to go all the way to Rockford to see it because it's not a, uh, it's wide distribution, 
And what it is, it's a young man who's gay, he's 34, and he uh, <coughs> went into conversion therapy when he was 19. And the guy that was the head of the most conversion therapy for 25 years in the United States, do you know what I mean by conversion therapy? Yeah, you electrocute him and stuff. No, no, not electrocute him, but you like, okay, learn not to be gay. You're going to walk right. You're not going to dress kind of like, they kind of like, you're not going to, you're going to dress like a man. You're and you're going to, yeah, you're going to like, uh, look at this picture of a woman and you're going to love it. And God, blah, blah, blah. And, and a lot of people have killed themselves. Okay. So the man that was in charge of that for 25 years is actually an acquaintance of mine. I saw him preach 35 years ago, talked to him. He's been my Facebook friend for six years because guess what? After 25 years of that, yeah. he <laughs> came out, divorced his wife, and married his husband. And has been living very happy. Now, up until the time of this book and movie, I've been happy for him. Good for you. You finally realized, blah, 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 blah. Then I read this book, and it's a bitter 34-year-old that hates the fact that he lost lost friends that killed themselves, he's been like, kind of, fuck you. You're happy now with your gay husband after 25 years of beating the gay out of me or praying the gay out of 100, 700,000 people or whatever. And parents would pay money to, to this guy in this ministry to get the gay out of their son and then you're gay. This man is heartbroken though. So then I went and saw the movie and it really there makes him a villain. Okay, and this is somebody I know. Can you imagine going to the movies and somebody you know is the point of the movie? And I, I said to my husband, doesn't he deserve to be happy though? Doesn't he deserve to say I'm sorry? And, and I happen to know he's trying to make amends and, and tried to, he's gotten the files and went back to everybody and said I'm sorry. But he has to forgive himself too. You know, so I've been thinking of that whole redemption thing. It's one thing for others to forgive you or if they don't? Have you done something and others haven't forgiven you? You know, what can you do? But, John, not you, oh, ever. <laughs> but to forgive yourself is sometimes the hardest thing. Any other closing thoughts on doubt and faith that you'd like to share? Well, I appreciate this, you guys, and I appreciate all of you and your willingness to talk to me about this issue. And, um, <coughs> After the more interaction I have with your generation, the more excited I am about the future. <coughs> I talked to a guy this week, I'm gonna be loading that up in the next couple days, and I'm like, are you excited about your future? And he's kind of a hippie, and he's got a conscious music band, and he's got kids, and he's an organic farmer, and he was like, I am. It looks like it's getting bad, and it's probably gonna get worse <laughs> before it gets better, but eventually, it'll be our turn. And I agree. I think you guys will do a better job in a lot of ways. So I hope, my hope is that you keep from us what you were supposed to keep and learn, and you let go of the stuff that is not worth keeping, and you just add to it for your children and your generations to go on. So anyway, thank you so much for talking to me, and um, I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.